for the community. Inspire Radio. And welcome Sunday night to our listeners. It is talking time with Lucas and Alicia. Alicia, how you doing, buddy? Not bad. Lucas, Valentine's Day. Well, I know it's um, it's probably a rare thing for you, but happy Valentine's Day, mate. A guy giving you some attention. Oh, look out. Hello. All right. Now, I've got to say something and do something real quick before we even kick on and get moving. This is legit. This is the only time that I'm going to be serious and nice to you ever. So you need to take it, run with it, and record it. My mate Alicia here is my best mate. She's a jet. She is a warrior. She's had all sorts of stuff going on in her world. And there's a little song that every time I hear this show, it actually reminds me a little bit of her. So I'm going to hit it. She doesn't know this is coming. So she's looking at me thinking, what am I doing? So let's see. This is legit you right here. All the world is waiting for you And the power you possess In your sand and tight We could play the whole thing, but we're not going to, right? Mate, you are ace, flat out legend Love ya and happy Valentine's Day to you, darling who is this person sitting across from me? Right, now we've got to get back to now we got to get back to normal where we don't be nice. Hey, what's going on, mate? Tell me what's happening in your world. What's going on? Would you like to know what I got for Valentine's Day? Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I got a speeding fine. Hey, mate! Um, happy days. I, I like to keep it interesting. Do you want to know something real funny? <laughs> Valentine's Day in jail is a really, really strange, strange <laughs> today. Well, you got the people that are inside that have got their. Boyfriends, girlfriends, etc. outside. And then there's actually guys inside that have got their boyfriends or girlfriends inside. And <laughs> it's a it's a strange it's a strange thing. I remember myself as I made my call and then uh, locked myself in my room and that was me done for the evening. <laughs> it's a strange thing. Hey, we've got some awesome guests tonight. Hit us up with a couple of people we got. We absolutely do. So the lineup is incredible as usual. We have Luke Anderson, entrepreneur from Victoria, if I'm correct. Yes, Luke yes. is a legend. We have Rod Earl, Open University of UK. Mate, he's going to be. We're going to be buzzing him and chatting to him in the UK, which is going to be an interesting test for our technology. We'll see how we go. <laughs> we will see how we go. Uh, we also have Mayor Barry Samuels from the city of Rockingham. Mate, we're bringing the big guns into talking time. The uh, the man, the leader of the city of Rocco, is coming in. Exciting. Hey, I mean, talk about exciting, mate. You've got, <laughs> mate, this is potentially your future love child. This, this, You've got our first session of? Ah, Sheila. So it's Valentine's Day. I thought it was uh, very fitting to have Sheila Bruno, author of Wife After Prison, join us again for her very first episode of Ah, Sheila. Now, tonight's songs are all love songs, dedications, yada, yada, yada. We've got a whole lot of people that have sent some stuff in, songs in for us. So I think actually tonight as well is that people can actually see our faces, I believe. And I am having a think about that. WA restrictions uh, for COVID have been lifted, as has your mask. Um, Unfortunate (laughs) for me. (laughs) <laughs> oh, wow. We've already had our first two complaints about what they're looking at with regards to this year, and we've requested <laughs> a mask come back on again. So emails can be sent to Mark McGowan to have Alicia to put her mask back on again. But um, we, before that, mate, hey, all right, who's this first, who's this first um, one from? Give us a, an idea of who this first song is from. Who wanted it? 
It was Sandra. Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Sandy is listening in Victoria. So welcome to the show, Sandy, and this song is for you. Welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Mate, what um, – mate, I'm speechless when I listen to Sheila. Sheila's a jet. Um, she just makes it real. I mean, how many guests do you get on a radio show, um, especially a community radio show, um, where – they start to get emotional because of how real the story is they're talking about. It's just completely raw. She is um, she is amazing. No, no, we've got a lot of people, you know, hopefully we've got a big announcement to make in the next few weeks about us actually being put into um, some some jails um, in a couple of different states across Australia and that's going to be huge for us, but we'll keep that secret just for now. But uh, we've got a lot of people that are at home and a lot of people that do get to listen to this in other spaces. And I just think some of the, some of the stuff in there w- was – um, prickly, but also real. And, and I think it goes back to one of the things we said, Alicia, in the first time we got on here about encouraging uncomfortable conversations. Yes. Mate, there's no better way to have an uncomfortable conversation unless it's real. That's it. Completely agree with you there. So how would you, mate, so from someone that has got a crush on uh on old mate so she is amazing not only does she do that but get a look at this book if you get a chance get on amazon and have a look i think it's like 29 bucks check it out and see if you are listening to this inside go to your education officer and ask them to have this thing bought in for you okay even if it's all it is designed for your wife or your partner but if you get the chance to read and have a look at it it's going to give you a little bit of an insight into what's going on in your head because I know this myself and I know this from talking to a lot of other guys and girls that have come out is I don't know how to judge what is going on in their head. They don't get what the noise is. And in reading, in reading um, her book, Sheila's book, myself, is it actually helped me straighten up some of my own mind? Yeah, that's it. And it also helps, um, you know, to know what you can expect as well. Um, you know, and, and and it talks about ways to start the conversation, you know, to take those first steps. Mate, so true. And um, it's it's just hilarious that there's not enough of this stuff done. Like there's not enough of this stuff talked about. There's not enough of this stuff looked at. And you know what, mate, we're going to hit up our last song and we're going to come back and do our champion of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about our Instas and our, not our Instas, our socials and all of the other stuff that we're doing. And we will be back shortly after this song. And welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia and of course our Favourite American in the whole world now that Donald Trump's not in office. Oh, that's a bad joke, isn't it? That's a bad joke. Our favourite American legend who's here helping uh, helping all our listeners and helping listeners and people all across the world. Her book, Wife After Prison, is an amazing, surely going to be a bestseller. You've got to get on Amazon and find this bad boy. We've got a couple of questions to go that are coming from our listeners all over the world. Alicia, pass it back to you, mate, to drive this ship. Okay, third question on our first segment of our Sheila. Are you ready, Sheila? I am ready. Hobby cries a lot, but he does not talk. Will I ever get my partner back? Can I break down those rules or do I give him time? You know, this is one of the questions I had to go to the experts for. (laughs) I went to my husband and I asked him what he needs to address this for me because I used to see Kevin cry a lot. 
and he was struggling. And at the time, I didn't know it. But so what he said is what I thought, you know, he said, if, you're, if you see him crying a lot, those are symptoms of depression. He, he, he's depressed. And so in, in what he and I both say is that it's important that he sees a healthcare professional. Be willing to talk about it. Uh, no, if he's unwilling to talk about it, for there could be a number of reasons why. But if he's crying, there's depression. But whatever reason, again, we have to consider the trauma. Yes. I consider the trauma. And again, we don't know what their prison experience was like. Just like the one lady whose husband, three days after he got out of prison, he committed suicide. And so the question again was what happened in prison? You know, what happened in three days that he couldn't live with? But that wasn't my question. What happened in prison that he couldn't live with? So he's, he's probably depressed. Again, talk to him. You have to be able to have that conversation. Tell him you're concerned about it. Uh, you're concerned about him. Be supportive, but don't be pushy. Expect that I need an answer today. You know what I'm saying? Because they feel like yes. As a man, okay, as a man, here we go back to this you know, us us boys again. Okay. Hey, have you got any advice? Now, I know myself, I, I, I put my hand up and I come home and I went and saw a mental health professional and I only served a small amount of time, but it still screwed me over as much as it screwed over a lot of other people. And how do I, how do I pick someone? How do I find the right person? Because I, 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 went, to a, I went to a couple of people myself and the first yeah. time I spoke to didn't get it, didn't get it. And I was like, I ain't going to sit here and tell you about stuff and leave shit on the table. So tell me about it. Okay, so, so let me say this, because I had a meeting today with a psychologist, and I was asking the very same question, because if for guys, if I go talk to you one time and you don't crack me open, I'm not coming back, because I don't think you'll be able to help me. But this is the thing, too, as the psychologist explained to me today, you know, there's a lot of black and brown people in the system. But there's not a lot of black and brown psychologists and therapists and all of this. So when I go sit across the table for, from somebody who's white, white, I don't know if you can relate to me. If I go sit across this table from somebody that has never been to prison or don't nobody, uh, don't nobody, don't know anyone who has been to prison, I don't know if you can help me. That's it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So so it was with my kid, my husband Kevin. The first time Kevin went to the, the uh, therapist, she was more intrigued with the amount of time he did. Oh, you did 28 years about that. You know? And so he came home and he said, Babe, I don't know if she can help me. That's it. But the, the, the other one that she went to, I could tell she was making progress with him. Every time he came in, he was emotional. She gave him tools and techniques that when he was applying those, those work. So I would say this, you got to do your homework. You interview a therapist just like somebody who's interviewed you for a job. You find out how long have they been in practice. Are they seasoned or are they just in their license? 
You find out if they're heavy in trauma, if they're heavy in PTSD, or if they are just child psychologists and psychiatrists. You got to do your homework. You got to find that right person. And, and before you give them any money or your insurance card number, you make sure that you have done your homework. You've, you've had some referrals. You go online and Google reviews. You got to be thorough. You know what I'm saying? On that trail, on that trail, on that trail, Australian listeners, just for a point of that. So, um, just for the practicalities of it, if you go to Australian listeners, if you go to your GP and ask your GP to work with you on what's called a mental health plan, you will get access to between six and ten paid for psychology sessions and you can tell your doctor my gp is is fantastic best gp i've had i told him the story of everything and he goes okay well you don't want to go to this guy this guy this guy but this is your girl this is the one you need to go to because she's got it she understands it i went in and spoke to her first time and she didn't have it she didn't get it she all she wanted to know was if she was going to talk to me about oh who did you meet what did they do Bitch, please. Mm. I ain't there to have a fucking conversation. Excuse me, I'm swearing. I ain't there to have a conversation with you about, you know, true life podcast. You want to watch that? Watch Law and Order SVU. I'm here to fix up my shit in my head. Yeah? And true. That's where I was. So just for the sake of that. All right. Hey, let's hit up this last question because we got to shoot. We got to get, uh, we got to get, uh, Sheila back out to the wild, wild world over there in, uh, sunny US. Sure, this one is quite a long um, question that has come through, but I, I think it really relates to every part of the conversations we have had tonight. Um, so I think the answer will just flow naturally from the last one. Here we go. I have been previously incarcerated. No one understands the difficulties I face in reintegration. My partner won't give me time to find my feet to feel down and out and to have a bad day. She thinks I should be happy to be released and home. She can't understand how I could be struggling. I am happy to be back with my family. I'm over the moon, but it does not take away from the demons tormenting me daily. I don't want to lose my family again. How can I help her understand? I, I, I hope, I would hope that this caller is in the US. Are they in the US? Are they, are they in the US? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I need to send her a book. I need to send her a book because this is the thing. We as family members, we think we're helping and we're hurting. You know, you gotta give them time. You don't understand. I, let me tell you something. I was the first one. I was just as ignorant as I don't know what. I had no idea about what prison did to my husband. Right? So you got to understand what prison does to a person. You cannot be in denial that, oh, this is my honey and this didn't happen to my husband, not my honey. No, you got to seek to understand what prison does to a person, right? And few people understand that. Few people understand that. They are on the the assumption that the way he went in is the way he's going to come out. Nobody, nobody leaves prison with their psyche entirely intact, right? So she needs to understand, I I believe if she reads my book, that she would understand, she would have an aha moment. 
She would understand trauma. She would understand arrested development. She would understand all of this stuff that he went through. So it's not as easy as she thinks it is. And so this is one of the questions also I posed to Kevin. And he says, uh, you know, have a long talk with your girlfriend. Let her know exactly how you're feeling. Let her know I need time. Hear my heart. I need time. But if you, and Lucas, Alicia, let me tell you something. I could go on and on about this. But we as women, we as women, we just want it, want it, want it, want it, want it, want it. We have no idea what this man has experienced. And we're being selfish. That's being a little selfish. Because you really have to understand the psychological impact of incarceration, how it affects a person. And it affects people differently. But however, if he feels like, if he feels like, um, you know, he can't get his bearing, that's no good. That's no good. Because a lot of times, like I said, we think we're, we're, we're uh, helping and we're hurting. Just like I said before, I had Kevin on some crutches for two years. Two years, I had that brother on some crutches. I was paying off. I was doing everything. And at that third year, I snatched them crutches from up under him and he went down. Did you pick him up? Absolutely, I did. Yeah, you did. But you betcha. I picked, I picked him up. But I wasn't carrying all the weight no more. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 give him, you give him a little kick in the ass and say, come on, boy, tell the floor. And, and this is the thing, too. And this is the thing, like Kevin and I did. You know? When I said, I need you to be more responsible. He's like, what, that, what, what, what does that look like, Sheila? What does that look like? So this question here sounds to me like she is pushing him into unfamiliar and uncomfortable territory that he's not ready to venture off into. But hey, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta talk. Sheila, you're amazing. We have absolutely run out of time, my dear. We could talk to you forever. Can you come back in a couple of weeks to us with our next set of questions? Anytime, anytime, anytime. You're amazing. We love you. Incredible. We love you, we love you, we love you. Thank you so much for coming back, and, and we'll be back after the break with uh, with more Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia on the Inspire Radio Network. Thank you, Sheila. You're amazing. Back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Lucas, we all know um, I don't choose favourites. You do, and that's why you're here with me. Go easy. Um, however... Our next special guest is Sheila Bruno, uh, author of Wife After Prison. This is, um, mate, this is um, a little bit of a girl crush, <laughs> I'm thinking. I really am. I'm thinking this is a girl crush. Now, we initially had Sheila on our show to go through, talk about post-incarceration syndrome 
and the release of her book, Wife After Prison, uh, which is available on Amazon. And we enjoyed that conversation so much and the informa information she goes through um, that we asked her to come on board as a regular uh, show guest. And we had people, we put the opportunity out there for people to send in some questions and oh my goodness, did we get some questions. Um, some of these questions are um, you're not explicit, but they do have a you know, intimacy relation um, type of questions. So Very fitting for today. So absolutely. today being Valentine's Day. But nothing nothing outlandish, nothing over the top, and there's obviously no um, you know actual references to any types of things like that, but there is an underlying tone. However, from listening to or seeing the questions and then actually pre-recording this, we obviously have Sheila who is in Houston, as we know, and it's the middle of the night there for her now. So this is a pre-record and the sound, as we said with the Mayor, with Mayor Barry Samuels, is the sound is a little different to what you're going to hear with us. Yes, yeah, so the WA COVID restrictions meant that we couldn't do our usual recording. That's it. Um, so, yeah. So, it was great. Quality. It was great because I didn't have to actually be in the same room as you when we did a recording. And not only did my um, eyes celebrate that, my nose actually celebrated it as well. And yeah. it was <laughs> just an amazing time. Well, it was a, uh, a video call, so we, we um, are just using the audio from that pre-record. However, I did have to look at your shiny head. Now, we were wearing our masks, but I did have to look at that one. So, the sunglasses were on to try and hide a little bit of that glare. Um, hey, um, we just got a quick text message in. Um, actually, no, we didn't. I just read it wrong. Sorry, we'll head off to our listener, Sheila, and we'll be uh, back after this. Inspire Radio. And welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We have our amazing session, our amazing section with our resident, everything. The lovely, amazing Sheila Bruno is coming at us today. Hey, first, before we get you, Sheila, we've got to tell you this. I've got to tell everyone this. This is no polls barred. This is open conversation. This is what's and all. This is... <laughs> Hair on the end of fingers. This is everything going on all at once here. Alicia, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. I feel like we don't need to know as much personal information about you right there. Um, keep your warts to yourself. Yeah. But we are so excited to have the amazing Sheila on board again tonight for the Ask Sheila. Um, Sheila, it is Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. It's Valentine's Day over here? It when is. this is going air, girl, when this is going air, it's all part day. If we kept that one up our sleeve, as a little bit of a surprise to uh, see if we could shake you before we told you what was going on. How's that sound? If you dance it on the screen. All right, Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> right, now what have we got? We've got some questions. Talk to Alicia. Tell us about your favourite section ever, the um, Ask Sheila question or Ask Sheila section of our show. So I am so excited to have Sheila on board. I know you are as well, Lucas, for our Ask Sheila uh, first segment ever. And it just happens to land on Valentine's Day. Uh, so for tonight's show, we are going to rebrand it just for tonight from our Sheila to Sheila's Love Line. How do you feel hey. about that, Sheila? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. <laughs> so 
talk about love. Let's kick it. Hey, we got to hate the questions. We got to hate the questions, do we? There are so many questions coming through, and it just so happens that they do seem to revolve around love. Mm -hmm. Love and relationships. Love and relationships. relationships. And and relationships. That's it. Re entry and relationships. That's it. Hey, I reckon what we do is I reckon we've sent these to. So the listeners know we've sent these questions to Sheila so she can have a look. Now, Sheila, I'm challenged. I reckon some of these questions may have been a bit challenging for just you to ask. You have to go to so many other expert advisors and expert people for some uh, input. I did. Absolutely, I did. I called in the the experts, those who have were incarcerated for 28 years and 39 years and uh, 31 years because I wanted to make sure that I was answering, providing accurate information. Although I knew uh, the answers, I just wanted to make sure. So I went to those experts like my husband and Someone else that I know ha- uh, that did a lot of time just to just to get their feedback on it. All right, let's go, Lisa. Let's start throwing these questions at uh, at our lovely guest, and we'll get them moving. Wonderful, Sheila. Before I move on to our first question, I have a quick question for you. Okay, flowers, chocolate, or both? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, chocolate for me. The reason she's asking the real reason she's asking Sheila is she hasn't got a Valentine's gift in at least ten years. So she's just putting it out there that um, you know, she's single and ready to mingle, she needs to get some uh, someone loving some chocolate and flowers at her place. Sorry, sorry, OD, I'm just trying to uh, see if I can get some more flowers down there for it. But but hey, but this is the thing, Alicia. Don't wait on nobody to bring you no a flower. You celebrate yourself and bring your own flowers. That's funny you say that. Maybe once a fortnight, I buy myself flowers and I have them in the house and they smell and look amazing and I put them there. That's fantastic. Um, before before Lucas gets me in any more trouble and I'm the one sleeping in the doghouse, we're going to move on to our first that came through by our listeners. Our first one, Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Can post-incarceration syndrome affect my partner physically? Things have not gone back to the way they were before this time. And there was actually a little wink emoji thrown in there. Um, I was just sure that went straight over to you, Sheila. Yeah, you know, I read that and I knew it, it immediately what, the, uh, what she was asking. Post-incarceration syndrome can definitely affect uh, a person physically. And without a doubt or... There's, she was talking about intimacy, intimacy, and uh, you know when a person has been deprived for intimate intimacy for so long, it's kind of hard to come back and uh, you know be intimate and want to cuddle and uh, want to be in the bed with someone. And uh, so yes, it does, and it depends on the person. And one of the things. Um, that a gentleman said to me, he said, I'm mom. He said, I've had to suppress my feelings for so many years. 
you know, mom died, I couldn't cry. You cry in prison, you know, you're a punk. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't cry. So he suppressed all of these emotions. He learned not to feel. Right? And so when he came out, you know, the feelings just didn't reoccur. And so he says, my lady thinks that I don't want to be intimate with her. He said, I just don't feel anything. Right? And then there was another gentleman who just boldly said he, he had gotten used to satisfying himself. Yeah. Right? For all these years, he satisfied himself. So he got more pleasure out of that than he did with actually being with his lady friend. He even said that she woke up and found him on the side of the bed, you know, satisfying yeah. himself. And she asked him, you know, here, here it is. I'm a whole woman sitting here, you know, and why is it that you, you do this? And he, and, and, uh, he said to her, uh, you know, you got yours. I have to do what I have to do to get mine. Okay. So uh, it definitely does uh, affect a person. I would say give them time and talk to them. You can't be afraid to have these conversations. You know, another thing is you don't even know what he experienced when he was in prison. Was he violated? Yeah. He raped. Okay. No. So I say just be patient and just be patient and then have the conversation. Talk to him. Right? Cool, Joe. You are mate. You're amazing. Yeah, mate, go with goosebumps because I'm, I'm, I, don't, I don't know who that person was that sent it through, but you, you see it. You know, the guys I speak to are in exactly the same boat. You know, like a, a, they don't know. You know, I, I know guys that were violated, as you just said, and they struggle to come back to the space where they can even have that conversation. So that's amazing yeah. advice, mate. That's amazing advice. Yeah. Uh, and one of the... Um one of the gentlemen told me, I went to a meeting and to meet with a couple of guys and had came home. And so as I was leaving the meeting, I was walking out and one of the guys ran up to me and he said, Miss Sheila, he said, tell the ladies in your group that there's a high probability that their husbands are um, sleeping with prostitutes. And I was like, where'd that come from? Again, well, he said because they have uh, performance anxiety, right? So they, they, they've been in prison talking visitation, what I'm going to do to you when I get home and we're going to do it like this. And you get home and, and, and you can't do none of that. But if you go get with a prostitute, she don't know, you know, nothing about your background. She don't know nothing about your performance. All he want to do is be satisfied. And after that guy told me that, two weeks later, two members of the groups said, Miss Sheila, I found out that my husband was missing with a prostitute. Wow. Uh-huh. Happy Valentine's Day to the ladies out there. Um, uh, <laughs> I love this is real. I love this is real. And it's conversations. We said it in week one of our show, Sheila, before we even had you on is I said to everyone that was listening and encouraged them to have an uncomfortable conversation, this is one of those bad boys that you need to be talking about. Hey, Sheila, hit up up a question two. We got a question two, and then we might head off to a song. 
question two that came through, this one was a question that came through from an Australian listener. My girlfriend has come home from jail and she's different. She's distant. Is she broken? Oh, wow. The word broken is kind of broad. It's really broad in that sense. But one thing he has to do is consider the trauma. You don't know what she did dealt with in, in uh, prison. You don't know whether she was violated. You don't know what she's dealing with. I wouldn't say that she's broken, you know, but I know, know that she's dealing with something. And to, and to that extent, we don't know. Because of exposure, a lot of them are afraid to bring up all of that stuff that they dealt with. And this is why a lot of a lot of returning citizens, they are hesitant to seek uh, uh, professional treatment to see a therapist because of the exposure that they have to bring up. Right. And so they're, they're afraid to bring it up. I bring all of this stuff up and then this therapist is not able to help me. Here I am sitting with all of this stuff. So I wouldn't say that she's broken. Again, this ride here, this journey here requires a whole lot of patience. A whole lot of patience, but it also requires communications. Mm -hmm. You'll have to be able to communicate. I would say seek counseling, you know, for her to seek counseling, but don't push her. Because if you push her, you may push her over the edge. Um, but I, but I will say this: if he, if he seems to think she's broken, I'll say that anything that's broken can be fixed. Right, let me ask you: this is a boy, because that's a powerful thing you just said. Then anything that's broken can be fixed. But okay, I, I'll be honest for a second here. I, I sometimes aren't very great at expressing my feelings and expressing my challenges um, that I have myself. And yeah. some some other guys I talk to are in the same boat. So how when? In most of the relationships I see is that the female is carrying a lot of that emotional stuff and being able to start these conversations. As a dumb, you know, caveman type guy, how do I start a conversation like that? How do I go and have that conversation with my partner that for the person that's written this letter? You know, what I used to do with Kevin is I used to write him letters. And I would start the letters off with hear my heart. So that he would not think that I'm being judgmental so that he could understand that I'm really concerned about you. So I would say, hear my heart. Because Are you okay? Are you okay? I can see, I can hear you getting emotional. This, this, is, this is real, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so that's what I would say to him. Write her a letter. Okay. And start it off with, hear my heart. And just let her know that you're concerned. And just let her know that uh, you're there. But one thing we have to do is educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. You gotta educate yourself. You gotta educate yourself on the psychological impact of incarceration. You have to know how prison affects a person's mental state. They, women get raped all day long in prison. Was she violated? Did somebody rape her? Did she get beat? See what I'm saying? And another thing is, I hear from people that coming out that when they come out, they're processed in prison. 
in prison, you really ain't got time to process nothing because you move it. You want to know your shoulder, trying to make sure okay. you stab. You want to come home, and you got all of this time, and then you begin to process those experiences, and some of that stuff tends to come up. It comes up, but you don't know how to get it out. So true, so true. All right, hey, are you okay to hang around and uh, go get a drink? We'll come back after the song. Are you okay with that? I am absolutely. I am. Amazing. Thank you, amazing. It's the amazing Sheila Bruno on Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We'll be back after the song. Pearls by Prince. What a cracker of a song, man. That's um, something from uh, back in high school days, which will remind. Hey, we have some members here at Inspire Radio, and we've got a big birthday tonight. Uh, Angie Mountford, who's a member of Inspire Radio and someone that listens to our show, she turns the grand old age, actually grand, not grand old, the grand noble age of 54. Ooh. Angie, happy birthday, happy mate. Happy birthday, Angie. Good to have you supporting Inspire Radio. And if you are someone that wants to inspire, wants to inspire, wants to support Inspire Radio, just check it out. Get online, have a look at inspireradio.org and you'll be able to check it out and be a supporter. Hey, we've got our first interview of the evening. The great man. This, this gentleman is someone, Alicia, who I know well, uh, who I've got a huge level of respect for and someone that has, um, he's walked he's walked a journey and he's come out the other end and he's doing some amazing things. And it is Luke Anderson. Milky, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Mr. Lucas? Hey, we're doing good and we've got Alicia in here with us, mate. And, mate, we've got you... We've got you in here, mate, to tell us about you. We've got us to, to hear about your story. We have a whole lot of listeners um, internationally and also all over Australia that, uh, that, that, that love hearing success stories. They love hearing um, practitioners in the field that have got things to do. And we want to know about you, but we have a rule. We don't tell anyone's lived experience. We, other, we get people to tell their own stories. So can you give us a little bit of the Luke Anderson story and tell us how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, um, yeah, so I, I've lived in Geelong um, pretty much my whole life, apart from the time that I spent um, while I was in prison. I yeah, grew up, lived in a housing commission home. Um, my dad's a, an alcoholic and a, is an immigrant. Um, caused a lot of heartache for me growing up. Didn't have a very a strong male role model. Uh, my mum, my yeah, obviously single mother, uh, just to try and keep it as short as short as I possibly can. It was um, it was kind of like the blind leading the blind um, for, for my sister and I uh, growing up in, in that environment that we had to because mum suffered with her own mental health issues and uh, I, I kind of learned from an early age to keep things to myself and uh, sort of just cop it on the cop it on the chin, uh, which is like you know that, that there's this whole conversation of toxic. Masculinity is something that was embedded into me from from day dot. Uh, some some things uh, sort of found stability in, in my earlier life. Then uh, in, in my later teenage years, uh, unfortunately, this, something happened. Mum had a, a, a partner at the time who sexually assaulted my my sister, um, which I do have permission to to speak about. Um, and that sort of led, it, led to my mum and my sister moving away and uh, I was kind of out on my own and I 
essentially sort of ended up homeless for, for a time there. Wow. And I ended up uh, securing full-time employment. There was this one one particular moment where like, I, I used to spend all of my money just going out on the town and, um, and you know, trying to forget about the reality of my life at the time. And McDonald's was running a, a $1 double beef and cheese promotion at the time. Oh, and yeah, it was great. Yeah, I was living out of my, my Ford Festiva and uh, I was scrounging around for, for this $1 and I, I managed to come up with 95 cents, which was, it was pretty shattering for me. And I, I just collapsed in my car kind of uh, inconsolable and then eventually something sort of turned in me and, and I thought you know this is how these stories go and if anyone's going to save me it's going to have to be me because you know I've, I hadn't had anybody else have, have my back at the time unfortunately because I was always going out on the town whatever uh, the opportunity presented itself in, um, in selling drugs so uh, yeah, it was all party drugs. I got into the whole cell of ecstasy, uh, weed, cocaine, uh, you know, all, all kinds of party drugs essentially I was into. Because of my, my experience earlier on in life, uh, it, it's made me uh, someone that's very resilient. I'm also uh, very, very competitive, very hard on myself. Nothing's ever good enough. And it's sort of it, it, that mixture of things led to me being very good at what I did, which ended up in uh, me under investigation. It was an undercover operation for about six months, uh, which I ended up getting charged with large commercial uh, trafficking of uh, MDMA and cocaine. I was a youth offender, uh, but I was involved in organised crime, so I copped a, a decent whack for for being a, a youth offender. Uh, it was four and a half years with a minimum to serve of uh, two years and nine months. Mm. So by the time I got out of prison, I'd spent a third of my adult life in jail, wow. which was, yeah, it was pretty interesting. It was 1,002 days I ended up spending inside. Um, uh, a decent portion of those were with, were with you. Um, Lucas. That's it. Um, um, I didn't mention that, but uh, mate, we we did we did spend some time together. And the one thing you you, you talked about some adjectives about you um, before Luke, and, and one of the ones that, that that I would add to that definitely, mate, would be loyal. Um, is that you know someone that's um, is is loyal, and you see all elements of loyalty in. And the story you just told, man, and 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 I want to thank you for that because. You've just done it on you know, a, a radio show that's got you know thousands of people listening to this, and you know to, to share that. It, it's funnily enough, and this is not disrespectful to you, but it's a common story that and similar to a lot of the people that are listening to our show, whether they have their own challenges or challenges of families, family members that have faced similar. So mm-hmm. it, it's great to it's great that you've shared it. So all right, so that's the bump in the road. That's the that's the real crappy bit that's that's led to you where you got to. So what are you doing now? What was the change? Was there a moment that was like a, a light globe went on that you were like, you know what, I'm gonna get myself out of this shit and I'm gonna I'm gonna turn positive and do something good for the world. What 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 was it and where was it, Milk? Yeah, so I, I, I like the fact that you said that it's, a, it's all too common, that story, uh, because I suppose 
where, where it really becomes uncommon is, is the stuff that I'm about to talk about now. Uh, it, it was when I was in the police cells, uh, I, I had, had built quite a profile for myself in, in the underworld, I suppose, is the best way of saying it, at the expense of sounding like a bit of a wanker. Um, and I, I essentially sort of thought that when I did get arrested that I'd end up with a bunch of people that would be, you know, supporting me, you know, all the, the wrong kinds of people would be there to back me up and, and whatever else. But I didn't get any letters of support or anything from those types. So, um, it was actually my mum who at, at the time I hadn't spoken to her for a couple of years. You know, just because of my my um, mental condition had kind of deteriorated. You probably, if you had known me, you wouldn't have been able to tell. I was always very good at hiding things, but I'd isolated myself completely from any any good and genuine supports that I had in my life. Common again, so it was yeah, for, isn't it? Common again, yeah, uh, absolutely. And so it ended up being um, yeah, my mum, my sister, uh, my nana, my dad, who yeah. Still, you know, we still got a fractured relationship, but he was dead as well. And, um, yeah, they sent me these letters of support. Also, my, my partner as well, who um, she supported me through the whole process, but she'd only known me for a short amount of time. Uh, and she did, she wasn't aware of what I was doing also um, leading up to my arrest. So it was all these people that were clean skins, as, as they get called, the, the ones that, hung around to support that, yeah, that they'd send in these letters. And I sat there and I thought, you know, my, I had no visceral reaction to getting charged. And, you know, I thought that's because I'm tough or, you know, I was, I was being what I wanted to be, but it was just because I'd numbed myself because that was a coping mechanism. And those letters of support in that, that in the prison cells receiving those cut through me like a hot knife through butter. And I started to think, you know, like, why don't I care that I'm potentially going to lose a, a big portion of my life to this? What, what, what is wrong with me to, to be thinking that way? And through that, uh, through that support, I decided, I chose myself, you know, I had the support or whatever, but you still got to choose to utilize it. That, that's the biggest part. That's 99% of it. I chose to, um, to use the time to become the person that, um, my, my partner and every, all of the other people that were supporting me, the person that they deserved me to be. Um, so I started to build this concept of, of the person that I was going to be when, when I walked out the door. And I started to get my physical and mental health in order. I attacked things with counselling. Uh, I spoke to a lot of people that were, uh, you know, were seasoned in, in business, in legitimate business while I was in prison because... Funnily enough, there's a lot of those in there. Hey, didn't uh, have conversations, yeah. didn't we? Sit down on uh, the floor in a cell one night and uh, and discuss some things that we were going to do business wise down the track, didn't we? Didn't we have that a few, few of those discussions over the journey? Yeah, I think it, I think it would have been a good half a dozen times. Absolutely. You know, just coming down, meandering down. But it's so like you know, I, I wouldn't have had access to to like yourself or or other people um, like that had I not been in that environment. So, the, it's a, you know, I'll pat myself on the back for, for realising that opportunity and um, and making sure that I surrounded myself with, the, you know, there's, a, there's a, a great deal of people that have got this, this 
shit together that are in prison. But I was told uh, very early on that you're going to meet a whole bunch of the worst people that you've ever known, but you'll meet five of the best people Absolutely. that you've ever known. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, so I, I ended up just sort of thinking, I'm going to do business. I don't know what it is. It came to the tail end of my sentence and the opportunity ended up arising in starting my own electrical contracting company with a, a couple of other fellas that I know. Now we want to hear about this, brother. What we've got to do is we've got to go and play a song. Can you hang out and come back after the song so that we can have a little bit more of a chat and ask you a few questions and hear a little bit more about it? Are you okay with that? Absolutely, mate. I'm all yours. Mate, we will be back after this tune. Hey, it's a Valentine. Gotta love Queen. How good is, uh, mate, how good is Bohemian Rhapsody and yeah. that whole... Oh, oh, he's playing again. Hang on, what's he doing? It's that good that we want to play it twice. I don't even know. We it. can't do that, Lucas. No, we got, we got... Come on, press for time. Okay, so this is just a quick note before we go into our next interview. We were lucky enough to um, gain access to a, a friend of the show, friend of Inspire Radio, and... Um, you know, take, take away the political elements because I know it's political stuff coming up. Is we, we are not saying anything regarding our political stance. We are just purely and simply saying that we have got the mayor of the city of Rockingham uh, to come and have a chat to us. Is um, Barry is a fantastic supporter of everyone, regardless of socioeconomic uh, status and standing. And I can say that. Obviously, there's issues in the community that occur as the mayor. You know, you have to deal with a lot of things, but I'm talking exclusively about the group of people that I work with yes. and the groups of people I work yes. with. So we do want to make a note, though. Obviously, during COVID times, this this interview was recorded during COVID challenges with our masks. So as you'll notice with this one, and then also Sheila, when we talked to Sheila from Houston, is it is the sound quality is not terrible by any stretch of the imagination, but it is a little bit different to the current sound quality you're getting here. Yeah. So we just want to let you know that that we we have recorded it. We don't necessarily like recording it, but it is six thirty on a Sunday night on Valentine's Day, so people are off doing their thing. So we're going to hit a sting, and then we're going to go straight back into the interview with uh, the mayor Barry Samuels for the community. Inspire Radio. And welcome back to Inspire Radio. We are very lucky tonight to have uh, the Mayor of Rockingham, Mr. Mayor, Mr. Barry Samuels, in to have a chat with us tonight on the Talking Time show with Lucas and Alicia. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Samuels, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing very well to you, Lucas and Alicia, and to all your listeners. Good evening. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll, we'll get right into it. We have um, we have a, a very diverse listenership across um, Rockingham, Mandra, and now in the areas nationally and internationally as well, and it's great to have someone in your stature on here. The first thing we want to do is we have a lot of families that listen in um, who are affected at the moment by their loved ones being away that are incarcerated. Now, we want to get word from the top from, from yourself. What type of services does the City of Rockingham provide? What sort of services are available for people that might be struggling with their loved ones away at the moment or are struggling full stop um, in the community? Yeah, thanks, Lucas. Um, we have it really worked through our community development department with a lot of uh, different areas uh, from youth to seniors to safety to a whole range of, of areas that can assist and if we don't have those expertise, we can actually put them into contact with um, a lot of different agencies. Um, we sit on a number of committees and a lot of those uh, state agencies um, and some uh, funded federally as well. Um, so if we don't have those 
services, but it's a good starting point to work with the City of Rockingham or through our Community Development Department. Um, you know, as, a, as I mentioned, those services through youth and, and, and seniors and, and uh, safety and those. But we can also put in touch with groups like Rural Community Services, um, Rock, uh, Rockingham Skills and Job Centre, um, Magala Maya, uh, Skills Ready, and a whole range of different organisations. And our youth workers and our community development people, they're the ones that have those contacts. So it's a good starting point for anybody out there that's having trouble with family, it doesn't matter what area it might be, to start, bring the City of Rockingham, ask for community development, tell them what your issues are, and we can put them in contact either with our people or, or, or uh, other agencies outside the City of Rockingham. That's fantastic. It's good to know that, that that's available to the people in the city. Yeah, I'm presuming. Um, I'm presuming that if someone makes that call, they they're brave enough to pick up the phone. Uh, we, we talk about a lot on our show about you know not not, not judging people and not making any sort of judgmental um, decisions on, on on the stories that people have. And we're presuming, and, and I just want to give the confidence to our listeners that they can make those calls confidentially, and that information is is dealt with in a confidential manner. Uh, absolutely. I mean, as you can understand, through the city and this organisation, we deal with a lot of controversial issues. We deal with a lot of confidentiality. Um, our staff are trained in those areas, um, and I can assure you that the people that they will be dealing with, and I know them firsthand because I work with a lot of them, um, will treat it in, in the strictest of confidence, um, and they can have uh, they can feel very secure and safe to know that these people will keep it all in-house um, and within their own uh, realms and they'll give you the best advice they can. If people don't want to divulge their names and that, they don't even have to do that to start with. If they just want to get some information, they can do that and then we can work through the issues from there. That's, that's amazing to know that that's, that resource is there. Now, one of the other issues, um, Barry, that we've had come across our questions and our tables is that sometimes people are affected by the major breadwinner um, becoming incarcerated or, or going um, going away. And sometimes that challenges their ability to pay things like rates um, and other things along those lines. Is there payment plans? Is there ability for for people that may find themselves in that position to, to be able to work with the council to, to, to not find themselves in a position where they get themselves in further trouble? Yeah, good question, Lucas. And yes, we do. We have a number of payment plans. It can be basically from weekly right through to one payment a year. And in in certain circumstances, we did it the last year with, with COVID, we actually um, allocated funding that people could claim um, an amount of funding towards their rates. So I think it was up to $200. And in certain hardship situations, we can, we can have rates deferred uh, for a period of time. Um, on the condition that they will start to, to catch up at, at a later stage. So, you know, people can be paying them off on, on a weekly, a fortnightly, monthly basis, um, and in hardship, we can look at deferring them for a, a period of time so people can get back on their feet and start that payment plan again. That's incredible to have um, for individuals, families, and the community. Um, and just again, uh, would anybody in that situation contact via phone the City of Rockingham? Can they go on the website if they're not able to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation over the phone? Yep, they can go on the website if they want to look at one of our payment options. They can do that online. If they're having real hardship and they, you know, they don't know how they're going to be able to afford the pay, I would suggest they make a phone call to our, um, our finance department, uh, ask for the or rates department, ask for rates. Um, and have a conversation. It might be that they might have to come in 
Uh, we have um, boosters set, uh, separate away from the counter where people can meet, have a discussion in private with our people and come up with some suggestions. But I would suggest if they're willing to pain and pain, get online. If they're having a real hardship, maybe make a phone call, uh, speak to yeah. people. The one thing we don't want, Alicia, um, and you hear about this from time to time, we don't want to repossess anybody's house. It's just not something we do. And I can tell you now, in my, I mean, 23 years, I can't recall us repossessing anybody's house due to rates. It's not, it's not what we want to do. Yeah. So we'll do everything we can to assist people. That's the reason we've come up with all these options. But I'm trying to tell all your listeners now, Alicia and Lucas, please, if people are in hardship, don't ignore us. I know it's easy to do because you've got so many problems. Yes. You don't have the money. You just ignore it. Don't ignore it. Make that phone call. Um, or get on the website um, and make that contact with us because once you've done that, you know, we know that you're having problems and we'll work through those issues with you. And I presume too, Barry, is that obviously you can't speak for other municipalities throughout Australia where our other listeners are, but it would be my presumption that there'd be similar, you're not exactly the same as, but similar types of, of things in, in other councils around Australia. Would that be would that be a, a silly statement to make? No, I think most councils have the same. You know, we, we adopted the, the payment plan pretty early on some years ago. Um, and the way we structured it, I think some councils might have had it uh, quarterly um, or it's a one-off payment. Um, you know, we cut it right back to even weekly and fortnightly. So we're, I think we're one of the first councils to do that when we, when we introduce it. But um, I know there's a lot of councils right around Australia that certainly have those options um, available to them. Excellent, excellent. So, okay, well, that's the, that's that side of the conversation. Fantastically covered. We wanted to ask you now, as as a successful businessman, as someone that is a successful businessman in the Rockingham region and around the state, is we have a lot of uh, guys and girls that are inside now or coming home and developing their skills to try and return to the work- workforce. Now, as someone who is a is a bastion in the in, in the Rockingham workforce. What are some of the skills, um, Barry, that you think that might be important for some of the guys who may be coming home with criminal records, so that little black mark next to their name that can affect them hugely, what are some of the skills that you think might be important for them to develop before they do attempt to re-enter the employment uh, space in the community? Yeah, thanks. Just just to clarify, I did sell my business um, a number of years ago, so I'm no longer in business for myself. Um, I'm, I'm doing the mayor's job full-time because it takes up the rest of time. But I was in business for uh, probably 30 years uh, in Rockingham here, and uh, so I know what it's like. Um, I will tell people if they're looking for a job, and I look at, let's look at two options. Firstly, I'll talk about the city of Rockingham, what we do. Um, we don't discriminate against anybody. That means if they've got a criminal record or not, and I guess under the human rights laws, um, you're not able to do that anyway. Um, so, you know, there are certain positions available in the, within the organisations that you do have to have parents or uh, working with children certificates and a number of those sorts of things. But there are other jobs available within, within our organisation, and I'll, I'll use um, our parks and gardens area, you know, reticulation, the lawn mowing guys, the tree lopping, the driving the trucks, a number of those. Um, that are available. But I will say to people, and this works in private enterprise as well, um, to make sure you you can upgrade your skills at any time, you know, and if you're incarcerated, you, you know, I'm, I'm sure and I know that they, they, they can help you do that inside. Um, but even when you get out, you know, if there's any skills that you can update yourself with, if you've got a past trade, for instance, we employ, we employ our own carpenters and, and, and various uh, tradies as well. So any trades, you've got any knowledge, IT experience, all that sort of stuff, anything you can learn, either incarcerated or when you get out, before you, you, know, you get into the, into the workplace, 
upskill yourself as much as you can. Get involved in the community, you know, once you get out. It, it doesn't matter which group, any community group. It can be a sporting club, it can be a social club, um, it can be one of our, you know, service clubs like uh, Apex, um, you know, Rotary, uh, any of those organisations as well. We have a number of voluntary uh, committees within the city of Rockingham. So get involved in the, in the community as well. Get, get out there um, and get that experience. If you can get any work experience in, in any uh, organisation, that really goes a long way. As well. yeah. Be honest. Um, work on your resume. Get some advice on that. Um, some, you know, there's people around the city that will assist you there. There's a small fee, I think. Um, but I think you can go to, to some of these uh, community groups like Rua, um, Jobs and Skills Centres, those sorts of people that can give you um, assistance to do your uh, resumes and get that updated. Always present well when you, when you turn up. Don't just roll up in a pair of shorts and thongs. Make sure you present well. Um, be polite, be courteous, and be honest. You know, and I know when I had my business, um, I didn't discriminate against anybody. Um, but as long as they presented well, were honest, um, you know, more times than not, I would give them a chance, uh, you know, uh, to, to work for our organisation. Barry, I, I can't say thank you enough for, for your time tonight. It's, it's been fantastic to hear, you know, that the leader of, of our municipality and someone who leads so well um, you know, on, the, on the national stage has such a refreshing approach to, you know, to people that are incarcerated and then that the City of Rockingham provides such great services for, for potentially them and their families. And, and from the Talking Time um, the talking time audience, you know, both here and overseas is that, um, you know, Rockingham is, is a place where I live, it's a place where I love to live, it's a place where my family lives and it's a place that I'm proud of living. And, um, and, I, and I thank you for leading it well and I thank you for your time today. No worries, Lucas and uh, Alicia. Can I just say two things before I go? The Rockingham Youth Centre, part of the City of Rockingham organisation, are planning to run a employment, uh, employment drop-in program, and that's in April this year. And so, so get on the website. So it's the um, employment drop-in program um, for our youth. So that's in April uh, this year. And we're also hosting Shape Your Future Careers Expo. So I'll say that again, Shape Your Future Careers Expo. Um, that's for young job seekers, and that's in August uh, of 2021 as well. And that's a big event. I think from normally we've had it. At, I'm not sure where it is this year. It's, I think we've had it at the Gary Holland Centre in the Mark Bunning Sports Complex, where it's you know big venues. A lot of those um, employees come along there to have tables, and there's actually jobs available on the day. They'll yes. actually enjoy them on the day. So have a look on our website. The um, the Rocking News Centre one, the uh, employment dropping program, and the uh, future careers, not shape the future career info. Uh, have a look at those two, and there's the, the, the jobs available for them, all sorts of different jobs available for everybody. You get to talk to the employer, they give you some advice as well. Good experience for people that are looking for a job. Yeah, I think um, going along to any of those expos also helps to have that one-on-one -on -one and more personal conversation um, as opposed to putting forward a paper resume where um, the potential employer cannot get to know you, it's not personal, and you're not able to have that conversation um, to move forward.
Yeah, that's right, Lisa. It is a really important unit. You can you can front up there. Um, they have a big pin-up board on that on that one in August, and there's, you, know, you can take take the, the piece of paper off. You can walk over the desk and talk to the people. Yes. Great, great experience. And like I said, Lisa, someone's starting to get to talk to the boss. You go into a business, you get to the front reception, you don't get any further than that. You leave your resume. You probably sometimes never hear back from. So that's not. That's good. right. Well, one thing I always did, sorry, Lisa, was that yes. coming to my organisation when I had my business was I always try to get back to people to make sure, you know, sorry you're unsuccessful or and this is the reason why. And, and one thing they should ask as well, doesn't matter if it's the city of Rockingham or, or a private organisation, if you don't get the job, ask them why. Get some feedback. It's really important you know what the feedback is so you can improve for the next time around. That's right. And uh, for anybody heading along to any of the career expos, we always um, encourage those individuals to make sure they're well presented, um, that they go prepared. So they have a look at what um, employment agencies or businesses are presenting on the day. And um, that preparation includes having a copy or several copies of your resume, whether it be in hard copy, um, a business card, or even on a USB as well, um, being prepared and um, presenting nicely and just going forward and having that conversation can really go a long way. Absolutely, totally agree. Mr Mayor, thank you so much, Mr Mayor Barry Summers from the City of Rockingham. I really appreciate you coming on today and thank you so much for joining us here on Talking Time. Thanks, Lucas. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We have Lucas here stuffing up the uh, the technical equipment again. <laughs> way, way to throw me under the bus, bud. Um, hey, it's because we're running, because we're doing all this love songs and dedications and all this stuff. Hey, we're punching out some good songs, man. I just want to, before we go back into it again, how good's Luke Anderson? Such a legend. And then Mr. Mary Barry Samuel was like truly incredible. Um, for anyone that's struggling out there, legitimately, and and, and I think um, uh, Barry made it really clear and, and helpful that the city of Rockingham can support is, is but the, the the biggest bit of info for me that came out of that was don't not contact them, don't ignore yeah. them, um, because at the end of the day is that you know that that they've got a job to do and they have to do what they have to do. But there's one thing in there that. A listener, Jen, sent a text message through um, just to remind everyone that having a criminal record doesn't necessarily mean you cannot get a working with children check. Is that you can get a working with children check if you have a criminal record, and that then opens the door for so many other things. Not only for the opportunities for work, but it also allows you to volunteer, as 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 Barry was yes. talking about. It allows you to coach. It allows you to be involved in coaching your own kids or other kids as well. So it's a good way to give back. Does that make sense? It does. And not just that, by doing those things, whether it be coaching, volunteering, or getting involved in the community, that helps set you up. So you can put that experience on your resume. You know, you can start looking at current referees to go on your resume as well. And it definitely helps progress forward uh, through employment. So tell me about you now. The, for anyone that knows Alicia, Alicia's a, a, an employment expert. So she's worked with some of the great companies around Rockingham, Cornana, Mandra, um, and, and also interstate at helping people get jobs and helping people find ways back from, from troubled places and from, from areas where they've been unemployed. Tate, can you, you had, we interviewed um, Barry together. Can you give us a little bit of uh, two points, just really two points about what you would do if you've just come back from, from prison um, and you're trying to get back into the employment space. What are two easy things that they could do? 
Absolutely. So with anything to do with um, employment and applying for jobs, you need to find a way to make your application or contact with an employer personable. Okay. So there's always uh, careers, career fairs going on and stuff like that. You need to get involved. Okay. Make yourself look good. Get out there. Um, start working on your resume, ensuring you're filling in those gaps, looking at those soft skills that you acquire, whether it's through work, volunteering, or team building activities that were undertaken during prison time. You know, that's what you're putting on your resume. You're tailoring your application, your cover letter, everything to the job and the company that you're applying for. So I always suggest, you know, go in there, make sure you look good, you've got everything with you, go have that conversation front up. Right, serious. And and there's so many lines you just gave me the chance when you're saying about look good. So not sure how, <laughs> not sure how you got employment. But um anyway, we'll keep it serious. Give us okay, so Let's say that I've got a gap in my resume. Yes. Okay. So I've been away for something, a stint for something. How do I cover it? Do I just leave it blank? Do I lie? Do I get on and say, oh, I was Judge Judy's assistant during that period of time? What do I do? Give me, give me a, a, you are so much better at this stuff than I am. So hit me up. First thing, Lucas, definitely don't lie. I think we spoke about the the use of social media by um, employers. Okay, it's the first thing they do. The first thing I do when I'm looking at recruiting or taking on board interviews, you know, I do go through and I Google that individual. I look at their social media and you're just looking to see if you can get a sense of that person's character. And it also helps you know, you know, who you're looking at when you're looking at that resume. Don't lie. Definitely don't lie. Um, you can fill in that time, as I said, with things like soft skills um, that you acquire during that time, um, you know, whether it be in prison. So you're filling in that gap with those skills. Now, I know this for a fact because I know you as a person. How can someone get in contact with you that might have some, you know, I don't want your personal details because, you know, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone, but how, what sort of contact details can someone whip you a question about their resume? And I know you help a lot of people out in the community. If they can't get access to a place like the TAFE, most of the TAFEs, yes. as you know, have the job and skill center. I'm not going to steal your thunder. I'm going to pass it to you. You do your thing, girl. All right. So, um, any questions to do with resumes, job applications, anything like that, or any questions for us in general, um, hit us up or hit myself up on email, talkingtime at inspireradio.org.au. Uh, you can flick through a text message on 0422108377, um, Facebook Messenger, Talking Time, Inspire Radio. Um, we're also on Twitter. And um, you can send through anything on LinkedIn to my professional account. So tell us about, so we just mentioned really briefly about the job centers. Yeah. So the job the, the, the job centers that are at, um, we know that Rockingham, TAFE, Mandra, TAFE or the Peel region. Give us a little bit about the importance of those, how people can access them and, and what you can get out of going and, and, and putting yourself out there. A lot of people look at the employment process, you know, they'll find a, a job online. So there's an application online um, or it might be in a newspaper or you might see it come up on Facebook. You know, they open it up, they look at the job description and instantly it's overwhelming. There's always so much information in a job application or a position um, description and it's a little bit daunting. So if that is a struggle for you, you know, jump online or go in and have a chat to somebody at one of the jobs and skills centers 
and they can help you draft up um, a letter of application. They can help draft up your resume, check it over, you know, fill those gaps and make sure that your application isn't just generic. Okay. Okay. I just got a text message from David. So David just turned some message through. He missed a couple of weeks ago when we talked about soft skills. Uh-huh. Can you tell us about soft skills? Just give us a real quick rundown of what a soft skill is and what you mean by that term soft skills. All right. I like how you're throwing everything my way. I want to give you a little bit of credit here. So you're not too bad yourself when it comes to your employment, um, but your soft skills, mate. Okay. Yeah. Let's have a chat about that. Go. Tell me, what are my soft skills? All right. You tell me. Oh, so soft skills for me, I think I can communicate. Would that be fair? Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but yep, communication, that's one. Very important. And and communication is a soft skill that covers off on any industry. So it doesn't matter what job you're applying for, the employer will want to make sure that you've got good communication skills, whether it's written, verbal, or, or through your body language. Now, that's another important one as well. So what else? Okay. So I have... Kids at home, I'm not going to say babysit because they're my own kids, but let's say that I babysit, I look after kids. Is that a soft skill? It is. Okay. I work with my hands. I'm great at doing oh, some mate. mechanical oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's families listening here, my children. Um, let's stop there. It is Valentine's okay. Day. <laughs> it is Valentine's Day. Um, so... I'm good. I'm good with mechanics. So I'm good at doing stuff and I'm good at researching about cars. Is that a soft skill? Yes, it definitely is. So the ability to research and acquire information from different sources um, and and put it in a way that is beneficial for the job you're applying for or the work you do. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Hey, this is good. This is uh, Alicia was amazing at this stuff. She is brilliant at it. I I do encourage everyone to... uh, Hit her up and, uh, and, and ask her some questions. We're going to head off to a another song and we'll be back after this. You've got Talking Time with Olivia. Inspire Radio. Welcome back to Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. We have the incredible Luke Anderson on the phone. Um, Luke, you've just shared your story and background with us, and we really appreciate that one. You've spoken about your business. Hey, mate, can you let us know what you're doing now? Yeah, so I've, I've just been building uh, the, the electrical contracting company, uh, as well as a couple of other things. So I've been I've been in a documentary that's on uh, positive psychology, which is going to be released, um, I think it's about halfway through this year. I, I, um, I've started a speaking career, which is yeah, obviously in its infancy because I've only just finished pro myself. And Congratulations. Um, when did that finish up, man? All done? Uh, yeah, what's that? December. December just gone, so um, oh no, congratulations! Was it December or no, uh, it's all, all yeah, the blurring. Yes, yeah, so, who cares? Few months now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gone. I'm out of here. So, <laughs> um, I'm also engaging in conversations with corrections about uh, about a, a concept concept that I came up with while I was in prison, which mitigates risk factors for corrections and um, and provides employment opportunities for, for prisoners coming out of prison. Uh, the particulars of it, uh, they'd be a bit long-winded, so I can't break it down too much, but it, 
it'll be a pretty wholesome story when it does when it does launch. And you'll be back on the show, brother, to uh, launch that on here officially, won't you? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Straight away, I'll be knocking on the door to let you know because if, if it happens in Victoria, then there's no reason why it can't happen everywhere else, and, and it'll be a massive step in the right direction. Absolutely love it, my man, love it. So tell us more. Tell us about now. I know for a fact is that you're involved also in some peer support stuff. So what what what's your importance and what you're thinking on on peer support? Why do people need to have um, someone who's lived it to have a chat to? Yeah, so I I think that when when you go back to my story when I when I first got arrested, I, I had that support network and people sort of making a pledge to me, like, you know, we think that. You're not a bad person. You're just a little bit misguided, and we're here to help you out and whatever. That that's great. That's an advantage for me, but not everybody has that advantage. And I think that you can't just, you know, make a, a surrogate support network through, you know, clinicians and whoever else who, who don't genuinely understand what what um people coming out of prison are, are dealing with. So if, if you're able to find like-minded people that have, that have been there, that have done it, they see the value in in overcoming the, the trauma and the adversity that, that um, people coming out of prison have to deal with, then you're just setting yourself up for success. Whereas if you're just sort of seen as another figure, you're giving getting given the same traditional sort of treatment methods as um, any any other regular civilian, I suppose you'd say, um, then, yeah, people are just going to feel misunderstood and like they're set up for failure and they're kind of victims of the system, so to speak. Hey, mate, we are running a little bit tight for time this evening. As we've said, we, um, we're looking forward to having you back on the show. But for our listeners now, how does anyone get in contact with you? So I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, Luca Anderson, we said JC Williams Electrical, um, managing director of that company. Uh, so yeah, definitely reach out, give me a message. I'd love to link up with anybody that works in this space as, and philanthropists. If there's anyone out there that's listening that, um, maybe wants to give us a bit of help with this correction stuff, then I'd love to talk to anybody that's willing. I, I can't say enough, um, to the people listening. We're, um, Luke, we have a lot of people listen both here and overseas, and, and, and it looks like um, we've been able to snag this getting put into um, some prisons live um, and also as a podcast. So we are in a position where we're working with some corrections across the country as well. And I think it all fits together, and we've talked a lot of times about a lot of people working in silos. And, you know, the more – this is why we do this show, um, Luke, is to share stories, is to get people together and to – to, to, to bring like-minded people together. And, and, and my friend, I say this with my hand on my heart legitimately, is I, I, I love you. I, I, you're one of the great people that I, I got to meet and work with and I'm looking forward to hearing about your successes and hearing about how you continue to change the lives of others. And thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, mate, we really appreciate it. And uh, the fact that you have been able to put up with Lucas for this amount of time, you must be a good bloke. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to send me some kind of a trophy or something, please. Wow. There's got to be some kind of reward. <laughs> I'm going to have to share that one, but... Um... He's turned on me. He's, he's made me... No. He's me... Hey, same goes back to you. Same goes back to you, Lucas. But, I, um, yeah, I really appreciate everything 
in the past and um, the present and, and what's to come as well. So I'm pretty excited for it. Thank you very much for having me on. Hey, keep, everyone needs to keep their eyes open. There's an amazing piece of work that was started a long time ago. It's um, myself, uh, Lucas Camay, that uh, spoke on the show a couple of weeks ago, and, and Luke Anderson. Uh, funnily enough, when you read it, it's Lucas, Lucas, and Luke, and it's not a joke. <laughs> um, we've, we completed a, a bit of work on mapping the educational opportunities of, of 10 guys that were inside in Victoria and that's going to be published in the uh, in the next coming next few months um, and that's going to get out there and be public so mate to add to your list of things um, Luke you're going to be a uh, recognized um, academic now mate because you're just going to be pumping out published works so add that to the resume yeah pretty fancy mate I'm going to have yeah I'm going to be known as an aristocrat Oh, I like it. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Mm. Man, it was awesome to have you on. We've got to go and pay some bills. Hey, um, Luke Anderson, thank you. We're going to head off to a break and we'll be back after with Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Mate, you can't beat the great Sinead O'Connor. This is Talking Time with Lucas and Alicia. Hey, um, so legit, um, for anyone that's going to look at this online, we were singing like crazy people during that, Leash. Hey, I was singing, you're the crazy. <laughs> Mate, just because I got the same hairstyle as Sinead O'Connor does, that's why. I mean, maybe I'm Sinead O'Connor just from another uh, another time. I think she's a priest now. Oh, look out! I think she's a priest now. Look or out. if she's not a priest, maybe she's just crazy. But there's something different about her somewhere. I'm not sure what it is. Hey, pass to you. You've got our last section se- seg. I can't even speak. Segment of the <laughs> evening. Um, it's with you. All right. So, Justin, as important as all our special Did you guests- say Justin? <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Sorry. There's too much singing. We're going to start again. Go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sunday evening. It is late. Okay. So, just as important as all our special guests, champion of the week. So, tonight's champion of the week is Headspace. All right, Headspace. Now, for anyone that knows Headspace, there are they are based in a lot of different places. We talk sort of Rockingham-ish here. What Headspace does is Headspace provides a support mechanism for young people and for friends and families. They have psychologists. They have a whole lot of other um, related people that work on the mental health and also some of the decisions that young people are going through. Yes. So I just want to throw it out there as well. We do work around the Rockingham area. However, Headspace is all around Australia. So they do help out with um, mental and physical health, um, alcohol, other drugs, work and study as well. So it's really important to um, highlight that you can visit them for free and everything is confidential. So there's many ways that you can get in contact with Headspace. Now, Lucas, Headspace may be the place, the first step for somebody. Absolutely. And it is about it. They what they do is they provide mental health support from 12 to 25-year-old people. So as we know, as we know those guys. We work with young people and we see young people every day. There's some unique challenges that uh, people of that age face, you know, whether this be family, whether it be relationships, whether it be gender, whether it be their own yes. mental health. So many of these things that, 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 that the voices of young people often get lost. And we talk about this before and they have us as in old um, you know, especially you, um, old, you know, people that, that, that try and tell them how it is and what it is. And Headspace is just a little bit different. They provide um, a critical gap. Um, they started in 2006 um, and they 
their, their approach is um, their approach is holistic. Yes, which I think is different to certain um, psychological spaces that just work on you know one specific thing. Um, I think there is definitely opportunities for people with dealing with mental health issues, also physical health. But I think one of the things that gets forgotten about a lot, not just gender, but it's also sexual health as well, is yes. that we, we, we have a lot of young people that we work with and we know that they struggle to have conversations with their parents about their own sexual health, about their if they're active sexually and, and, and where to birth control and other things along those and lines. And there's that issue as well with confidentiality or having that person that you can have the conversation with and knowing that it is going to stay between the two people and not go on to family or parents or caregivers. Um, so if we are to look at Headspace... Um, you know, you can get in contact with them, whether it be chatting online. So again, you know, we bring up this conversation time and time again, not everybody can have that face-to-face um, difficult or, or hard conversation. So for the, those that find it easier, you can chat to somebody online, you know, you can send them an email, you can speak on the phone with a qualified professional, or again, you can make an appointment to go in there and speak to somebody. Now we would have um, individuals and representatives from Headspace um, come into work, whether it be, you know, in the positions we're in at the moment or in our previous employment jobs with youth 15 to 25 years old. Now, what we found was the individuals working for Headspace were quite personable um, and they could definitely relate to that age group. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, one of the things that also will will, will resonate with some of the listeners, Leish, is um, that there is access to the National Telehealth Service as well, is that, you know, if if, if we've got regional and rural listeners, which I know we do, um, and, and, and if they can't get access to psychiatrists or psychologists um, themselves is they can access the National Telehealth Service and this gives them the ability to then, you know, remain in their local community but also get external help. And I think the biggest and most important thing in my experience of, of, of liaising and working with Headspace is that they do not judge. Yes. Um, they do not judge. So if you as a person at home has... Um, a family member who has been inside uh, or has dealt with juvenile justice or, or even kids of parents or family that are dealing in the juvenile justice space or justice space, they might need to have a chat to someone that isn't you. Don't be offended that they, that they don't want to have a chat to you or that they can't talk to you. It's not that they hate you. It is the fact that potentially sometimes they respect you so much that they don't want to lump their challenges yeah, or issues share those onto. burdens with somebody. Absolutely. And so that's there. This exists. So to Headspace Australia-wide, you are our champions of the week on, on Talking Time and we thank you for everything you do out there. And how do people get in touch with these guys? How do people get in touch with Headspace? Headspace's website? Yes. Is oh Lisa, <laughs> Lisa's computer just fell over. Um, sorry to it's take gone. the piss. Um, so I'll take it because Lisa's broke right. her phone. Well, Go. Lucas, while you look up those contact details to make it easier for our listeners, I want to throw this out there. If there is anybody listening that works for Headspace or has a family member or friend that works for Headspace, we would love to have a representative. Come and join us for our show. So please reach out. Now um, they can get in contact with us through email, talkingtime at inspireradio.org.au. 
uh, send us a text message at 04221083377. Send us a message through Facebook, Twitter, or even to our personal LinkedIn accounts. We would really appreciate that. Hey, headspace.org.au is the website that you need to get onto and find it. Leash, we are over and done for another week. People, please know that we are continuing to grow our um, network of listeners uh, right across Australia and internationally. Now you will find this show on Spotify in the next uh, couple of days. Check out the Inspire um, Radio website and click on the Talking Time section and have a look and see what's going on. Apologies, there's a picture of Alicia up there. Um, <laughs> can't get away from it. Um, but, mate, always, always good chatting with you and have an amazing um, what is it again? Valentine's Day Eve and just do a special lovely couple out there to Chelsea and Noah. Uh, beautiful. Love you, Chelsea, and I uh, hope you and Noah have an amazing evening together. Love you, Chelsea. See you guys. See you next week. For the community, Inspire Radio. 